welcome to the show. We're all we're blind, everybody. We <laughs> are blind. Yeah. You Lenny can't I, tell being this is a podcast, obviously. Yeah, but. Lenny and I have been uh, walking around. We got our we've been just permanently wearing our not um our not approved uh, sunglasses. We didn't listen to them. We were like, no, I don't need any of these stupid solar protectant sunglasses <laughs> to stare at the eclipse. I'm gonna stare right at this bad boy. I did. I did kind of look. I at looked it. up I mean, at it. Everybody <laughs> looked. Joking aside, everyone was like, don't look up at it. What are we doing? I'm like, I'm gonna look. <laughs> I actually kind of uh, you know I, I have a. Uh, Brazilian friend who was talking when when Chris Christie was on the beach. Way to brag! <laughs> yeah, uh, I know lots. Of, I know lots of people, <laughs> lots of South Americans, some Chileans, and uh, I only know Argentinians. But anyway, I, yeah. So I, I had uh, this Brazilian friend of mine was telling me about when when they closed down the beach in New Jersey and Chris Christie was on it, uh-huh. uh, wailing himself, <laughs> and. Um, she was saying, you know, you this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, and yet how is it that they could close the beach? It's like <laughs> it's not like they have tanks out in front of it. I was like, well, you know, we we want the government. You know, there's no lifeguards on duty. We we assume that they're yeah, taking listen, responsibility. We live, we live in a nanny state, and we need somebody watching us at all times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and when I was looking thinking about the sun thing, it's like. I think that it's more CNN or, you know, whoever is the purveyor of, uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson of their eclipse viewing advice just doesn't want to be responsible for people going blind. Yeah. But yeah. it's not. I mean, there's like a pinhole effect, theoretically, at some point during the eclipse. But it's just the same as don't look at the sun. Right. I, mean, yeah. I already and we all know what the deal of looking at the sun is. Right. You can do it for like a split second and you're fine and you yeah. can't see that much anyway. Well, I remember that. Well, if it's any indicator, I, in high school astronomy class, we had a teacher, my history teacher, who loved just astronomy and basically worked at a private school in Westchester. County, it was just like, oh, okay, so this school basically, and I've been a teacher here forever, so this school basically paid for the like really expensive astronomy equipment for me to use, and then under the guise of me teaching kids how to use it. So it was great because I gotta peep some space. Yeah, and it was, and (laughs) I was the only one, I was like in the class, and it was generally seen as an easy A. It was my senior year. I was like, all right, I'll do this with a teacher who knew me. And they kept emphasizing, so we'd go out and stare at the sun every day through a telescope because it was like we were there during the day and we would count sunspots on the sun. So you you watch it through a filter, through like a UV filter. On I was going to say, how the hell are you yeah, looking you, at no, the sun? That's how you do it. But the constant warning was, but they trusted us with this with the, under the guise that, which is essentially just like an aluminum foil filter. But I mean, it's made out of more, but it's like almost, it's like it looks like a tinfoil fil- filter. Um, but the, like there, we went through this whole warning process where it's like, uh, yeah, if you take this off, you're going to melt your retina like the second you look into that. And I'm like, you guys really invested a lot of trust in a 17-year-old <laughs> like boys in an all-boys school. <laughs> they used to have, um, uh, you know, rifle clubs at these schools, you oh, know, yeah. and like they would have like sophomores be in charge in of archery, locking up the I rifles almost, at the end of the day. Yeah, in archery, I almost hit my teacher once, so and still somehow <laughs> didn't get expelled. So, <laughs> Andy, you won that. Uh, you won, won that, that competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking, you know, we are uh, in terms of intelligent design. Um, the sun is the most important thing in the world, and we're evolved to not be able to see it. What what's up with that I just uh, got, creator? That is all, that my conspiratorial mind was cranking after. Like I was like, why are we all? Why is everybody? What's everybody hiding behind the sun? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is why. I mean, going back to the you know the Aztecs and the Mayans and all that stuff. The the, the like they obviously ancient civilizations had reverence for the sun for a lot of reasons. But None uh, of them good, by the way. I, I can't imagine why any primitive people would. If I learned anything from Apocalypto, it's that if you get in a solar eclipse, you don't get 
uh, axe murdered by. And if there's anything that I learned from my homeboy Apocalypto, it's that you do not need the sun to grow dank ass plants. <laughs> you can just do it inside. Yeah, we've uh, yeah we we've moved past the need for the sun. Hi, so you're saying concerned. so that the the religion of the future is hydroponics. It's just <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the communion wafer of the future. Yeah, but another thought I had about it was um, you know we were all talking about can you imagine how insane this would be. For, you know, like middle ages people, you know, people who couldn't predict this, especially, right, right. you know, and it's such a crazy time right. right now. This would be, this would be the exact like moment in history that would like precipitate right. the dark ages. Had we not had. And then we would yeah, be like, oh, we, now we definitely know we've <laughs> angered God. Yeah. But um, then one funny thing about that was that there would definitely happen. And then there would be some people who didn't see it and some people who did, you know, who weren't outside for those two minutes and heard yeah. no shrieking. And the next day, I feel like everyone would be like. Can we talk about? Did anybody else see that <laughs> that the sun went away for a while? I, was, I know we angered some god, but I don't want to be the only well, one who I'm, saw it because I'll definitely be, be burned guy. as a witch. <laughs> um, and then they probably burn him as a witch well, anyway. Th- what I want, what I'm curious about, is the resurgence of flat earth theorists, which, if anything, is an indication of. Isn't Kyrie Irving a flat earther? Flat earther? He might be. I uh, he like, um, but uh, I, he might be. I don't know. I, that sounds familiar, but. My challenge is to the flat earthers. How do you how do you explain this phenomena? Also, flat earthers, how do you explain time zones, the weather, and <laughs> every other? Like, I don't understand. The that. intelligent flat earthers will reply that actually time zones are being considered um, outdated and might be phased out at some point in the future. So, so how do you explain that with your round how do I earth theory, that? your basketball theory, as I call it? Because if I fly to. Denver, or if I fly to the Arctic Circle at a certain time of the year, I can predict within reason when the sun will set and when the sun will rise. And, and all, all I know is that <laughs> spending time talking to flat earthers is a worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> These people have a good deal of influence on our world and <laughs> other opinions. I, they, I respect. They've already in, they've they've leaked into Kyrie Irving's mind. You know, like who else can they like? I mean, that's only one step away from LeBron, and he's only like really one step away from becoming president. So I bet like, LeBron knows about. That that is like confident that they're at this round. Yeah, well, that's why he's him and Kyrie are probably having to fallen out right now. They don't. We gotta have uh, John Tesh write Round Earth Rock (laughs) (laughs) just to convince him. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, and uh, the All American Eclipse uh, passed by uneventfully and eventfully, and that it happened exactly as planned. Um, One thing that's not going according to plan: uh, nuclear nonproliferation. Heyo, (laughs) everybody have it. You get a nuke. You get a nuke. Doesn't matter. Except Iran. We hate when Iran gets nukes. We don't like when Iran gets nukes, and we don't like. We don't even like when it tries to get nukes. No, we don't even. even we try to do sanctions. We try to explain it to our dumbass president, and he doesn't understand. <laughs> uh, Iran, didn't we already fight them? Oh no, that's a different. I mean, kind of in a way. If you consider like CIA kind of proxy wars and an influence, if you could, if you go back to Kermit Roosevelt, Kermit Roosevelt is that is that a spinoff of the of the Muppets? <laughs> Was that like Muppets? Kramer Roosevelt, he's a green one, right? <laughs> he's a green one, right? Is that like Muppets take Manhattan, but Muppets take Iran? <laughs> Coup in the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, the what, what I, the story is that basically um, we're in the middle of quite, quite the global debate about whether nuclear weapons should continue to be um, built and launched at the United States <laughs> <laughs> or other countries or other countries. Yeah. And, uh, but specifically, um, I mean, I feel like once, you know, we're talking about North Korea, uh, you know, weeks ago and 
once that line um, crosses past, it's already past Chicago. Yeah. But it's still not like fever pitch. Once it gets to New York, it's going to be, you yeah. know, that's yeah. when it, that's, that's when I mean, that's what that is. Like you, we talked about this, but it's like the second the range does hit, I'm like, I'm always kind of like, well, it's not, not going to hit New York. So, I mean, like, we can lose Denver. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's like what would we really? A lot of you guys are probably gonna miss and hit some mountain anyway. So I know, right? Exactly. But anyway, so um, there's this question of you know the big uh, line with uh, the new nu- the ca- nuclear capability of North Korea is the miniaturization, right? Can they fit it on a on a warhead right. and then launch it? And, and I don't know if you've seen, by the way, it, it is yeah. the it is the coolest shit ever. The that these missiles are fucking. Spaceships, like oh, yeah. they are not an ICBM, which I didn't realize this until recently, is a goddamn goldeneye yeah. spaceship. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it goes, yeah. It, it, it transcends our current atmosphere. It goes into, it doesn't go, it doesn't escape orbit, obviously, but it goes into like the stratosphere. And, that would uh, be crazy if it actually it was lucky if it did escape orbit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would it just hit Mars? <laughs> they just overshot it, and then they nuke, they nuke the moon. <laughs> and, like North Korea is like, we meant to do that. <laughs> someone wanted to nuke the moon, not Doctor Evil. Someone real. Um, uh, was that Newt Gingrich? <laughs> Nuke Gingrich. <laughs> Nuke, Nuke Gingrich is like a rent is too damn high style uh, novelty politician who just wanted to nuke the moon. Uh, uh, no, there was some like scientific purpose that they wanted to achieve with it, but I, I forgot what it was. But um, just to see what a nuke like hitting. Just to so see, it, probably, yeah, it's, just probably, a, it's probably hitting hitting an at, like an atmosphere terrestrial space. Like that's what they wanted. You know it. what? There. Yeah, do you, like, you think I, about I, how many people are secretly like white nationalists or white nationalist friendly in this country. You know, you got a couple like a million people that mm-hmm. that could be swayed if it became public. Much bigger and much more untapped is like the watch cool shit on YouTube contingent of this country. The people oh, yeah. like do you know how many views those like the slow hydraulic press guy gets? Oh yeah. If uh, you launched means. a political party just based on hey we got a lot of powerful stuff, and we got a lot of places we could throw it and see what happens. Lenny, there would be someone that would vote to nuke the moon. Lenny, I think I think we've figured out how we're going to become co-presidents. Of the United movers States. and shakers. All right, I'll be mover, you be a shaker. Yeah, movers and shakers, and then we'll, we're going to launch stuff at Prospect Park. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it into the middle of the. Yeah. We're, I'm going to solve the uh, the gyre, the trash gyre in the middle of the Pacific Ocean by dropping. Supposedly there's a giant one yeah, of the, one of the, pile in the in the middle of the Pacific, yeah. But supposedly we have uh, one of the most powerful and destructive weapons that we have is like this gigantic titanium rod that I don't rod. even think de- <laughs> the rod. The rod. <laughs> oh, they were just going to show a close up of the rod. <laughs> but um yeah, like we have this thing that I think th- I heard this from a kid at, in college, so I'm sure this is not good source. Um and uh I don't even think it detonates. It just drops. And, you know, so anyway, okay. So where I'm going with all of this is um, recently Iran uh, claimed that it launched a satellite into space. Uh Uh, The Iranian space program has um, been uh, under development for a few years, actually. Uh, In 2013, they sent a monkey into space. Prior to that, they had sent uh, a mouse some worms and a turtle. Okay, which is shrewd because you know it's got like kind of the you built-in farm, space. You got to farm up in space. Yeah, yeah, and the worms got four hearts, so like you know it's a pretty hardy animal. Ahmadinejad <laughs> volunteered to go up. Then <laughs> once oh, they launched been, the monkey, he was like, "I'll go next." And they, they should have. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that would have been the first head of state to just get 
<laughs> launch into space <laughs> and just just burn up in the atmosphere. <laughs> That's his going away party. Yeah, instead of taking the last flight, you know, Harry yeah. Truman took yeah. one solitary train trip with just an army pension in his pocket. Meanwhile, in the 23rd century, we're just going to launch ex-presidents into the sun. Ground control to Ahmadinejad. No. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, so the Iranian space program is is they had to cut it uh, recently, unfortunately, because of um, sanctions. Yeah, they don't have any money, and they got really because because of what we did. Yeah, well, the, because, actually, because the um, because the the sanctions are not uh, the, the sanctions relief is not going as well as they thought. Um, they have to spend money. The, the, the economy is slowing up sluggishly yeah, in Iran, yeah. so they got to spend money elsewhere than on cool prestige project shit. But so, I want to buy good cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could probably go to Iran, and if you have enough money, you know, like Lance Bass money, you could probably uh, uh, have them launch you into space. I say that because Lance Bass, I think, signed up to be one of I the know. inaugural uh, flights into space on Virgin Galactic. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, one of the concerns uh, from this th- this uh, July launch of the satellite from Iran is that once you have the spaceship, you can have you know then then the nuclear thing becomes a threat again because it's like well now you have one of the key components to nuclear or nuclear warhead. Uh-huh. So m- the thought that I had, and this is a very uneducated thought because I don't know that much about nuclear technology, but th- given that. Um, the main problem that we have with with nukes isn't uh, the delivery system, which it currently is. Like right now, like we know that North Korea has nukes, but they can't deliver right, it. Right. Uh, as soon as um, uh, there, there's one important, why don't they just use UPS? <laughs> because <laughs> FedEx is better. FedEx is better. And, the classic uh, Mitch Hedberg joke. It's like I like the FedEx guy because he's a drug dealer and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> and the U- USPS guy is a drug dealer who very much lives off of that. <laughs> um, so my my main thought here is this. Okay, so the, the we're in a situation with the with the expansion of nuclear power where. Um, where the the main component of the warhead delivery system that is unattainable for most of these aspiring nuclear powers is the actual spaceship part of it. Well, we also are at a time when we're having a lot of private spaceship companies come online, like SpaceX, Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic. But that, whenever you have something privatized, it means that at some point the technology is going to be scalable and for sale and you're going to have some like r- evil russian elon musk which or, could potentially just be elon musk in I the future or <laughs> I, I i could live look i just want to live in the i want to live in the elon musk north korea okay <laughs> i want to live oh my in, god yeah that would be cool elon musk's north korea i know let's just give him why don't we just trade him like why don't we just say like like why don't we say to kim when kim jong-un eventually goes crazy or whatever it was to be like how about hey north koreans look you got to stay here, but we're going to give you one of our best guys. Like, and he can run the country. Like, he, we're just giving him the country. Like, this is like when, <laughs> in like when, when and like he can baseball do teams. He wants. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you're gonna, you're gonna want to let this guy get yeah, a yeah. lot like, of he's long build leash. A cool train. Like, yeah. it's like uh, yeah, he's not ethnically related to you in any way possible. But he, uh, he looks like he could be of many different races. I know. We don't, we, you're not quite sure. That's part of the appeal, by the way. This is what like if, when. What if uh, we just, when a baseball team trades like one Miguel Cabrera for like eighty-five, uh, like minor league prospects, yeah, prospects you're like, this yeah. guy's going to deliver. With North Korea, you exchange your defunct, uh, weird religious political ideology for this one guy. Right. Uh, he's basically like our, our Archimedes. He's yeah. worth a lot. He's he literally has he has three companies. He's I know. So, cool. so he's three get, companies all valued insanely high. Like, yeah, and he's <laughs> and he's just solved problems. He just yeah. solves mechanical problems. He is literally the perfect trade ship to give to North Korea. Right. Let's just give. 
Like, and he'd be so excited about it because he's just like, all he wants to do is just like Hugely move humans excited. around. And like, he knows he's a super genius. And you, you know what you do? You know what you, well, how it goes? And he would have no government restrictions. He would be in control of it. No, like, he uh, could literally sacrifice human fodder yeah, in front of his bullet trains if yeah, he wanted to. Yeah. So my point that I've been driving to was, um, is I think that... It, Nuclear non-proliferation clearly is something that needs to happen because I think that the more that we see the debate happening, like with North Korea, with Iran, um, you know, it's like with the buildup. Now, now Trump has started with his Afghan announcement yesterday. He started a three-way nuclear war between Pakistan, India, and the United States. The hottest three-way <laughs> nuclear war I've ever <laughs> <Yeah>. seen. <laughs> Germany has nukes too, right? Yeah, they do. I think. Uh, I don't think so. Do we not? We don't allow them. them. <laughs> well, explicitly because I mean, we. I mean, if we sent secret sabotage programs in, in World War II to, to destroy. I mean, that was the the impetus for us developing the nukes was to... They, I mean, but they failed so bad. And, like, they, Hitler yeah, failed they, so bad like, to develop a... I'm sure... They, there's a debate about... So there was the, the famous mission, the famous United States mission to destroy it was that we actually had a group of, like, U.S. commandos, like, secret force, task force, that went into a heavy water plant that was... The heavy water plant was essentially... Um, distilling H2O2, which they were using to produce radioactive material. Water they, otter, as I call water, it. Water, water, water otter. Um, to uh, detonate a nuclear bomb. And then our commandos, like, there's a there's a cool story about it somewhere. I don't know the full details. But they, like, they detonated this, like, the, the most advanced Nazi research facility. But, it, like, after the war, there's debate that they, they said they actually weren't that close. We were, we were way closer. But because there was this fear, like, we knew that, the Nazis were so far ahead of us in what you're about to, what you're talking about, the delivery system, the rocket ship. And <laughs> after the war, we were like, Hey, you know what? Instead of us doing the work, um, we're going to steal your best guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, Nazis who maybe participated in like killing a lot of people, but like, you're really smart. Like Mr. Warner Von Braun, I'm looking at you. Uh, wow. Like that's why uh, that's what Warner Von Braun was head of the V2 rocket program, which eventually became the United States. No, uh, I know he. Like, I only like, know of him as an American hero, though. I mean, I knew he was a, no, a, fl a fleeing not. Yeah, well, know, he, I mean, he Nazi cut Germany, he cut a deal. He was like, um, guys, FYI, I know a ton about rockets, and they're like, <laughs> you know what? Conveniently, we we need. And to I'm not going to tell you where I found this from. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, so that was the deal, like Operation Paperclip and all that stuff. So that's like, that's why also the argument is that maybe from the United States perspective, why we won the space race or like was because we, Nazi scientists were cutting deals with both the Soviet Union and the United States and were like, and we offered a better deal than the Soviet Union. That's what won us the uh, Sunni awakening, you know, just pay them off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so anyway. Speaking of Brazil, that's how Brazil got independence. They just paid off Portugal at some point <laughs> to end their war. <laughs> like, Apparently they also paid off the United States to recognize them as a country. Oh, really? It's such a shifty way to, like, just, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's effective. We'd, uh, well, you know, we'd really like it if we were a country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're like, well, I'd really like these $33 million. Okay. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe you found a suitcase of 33 million dollars you could be a country <laughs> yeah the first the founding act of the united states was an act of genocide and violence and the founding act of brazilian statehood was just like the, some shady deal <laughs> and that we both went on our ways with those. <laughs> i'm gonna end this point because i'll never get to it so my point is given that the delivery system of nukes is um is now going to be more available I'm wondering if the way to to end new, new uh, to to pursue nonproliferation, which I think is clearly something that needs to happen, should be to just basically try to avoid anyone from using nuclear technology. So what that means is obviously, you know, 
on the warhead side, somehow cut down on the number of warheads. That's there's already been like salt treaties and stuff to try to do that. Um, but then you have nuclear power, and I think that nu- I I've heard that nuclear power is very safe. Um, that like you know mm-hmm. so we have Chernobyl memories, but it's it's actually statistically among the safest. Right. I am very dubious that it can be safer than solar and wind. And I yeah. think that as those technologies in- improve, uh, not and also- safe for birds, Lenny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, Captain Sully. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking. I mean, maybe the birds are just going to get faster and be able to dart between the <laughs> yeah. the blades. I mean, yeah, like they'll be Don Quixote birds. <laughs> but I mean, cool. like, and it's also I also like the idea of wind power and, and solar power because it's a lot more democratic. You know, it's um, something that people can install on themselves and own themselves. And, right. And so my point is, I think that there's a there's you a way to seize which you, the means of energy. I want to seize the means of production of energy, exactly. Which is, I mean, once we do that, the same way like self-driving cars, like, will be obvious in retrospect. Yeah, you created cars partly, or we created computers partly just so we could save humans from killing ourselves on the roads. Oh yeah. The same way with like once we start generating our own energy and selling it to our peers on a peer-to-peer basis. Right, right. It's like one of the reasons you developed, you know, technology in general, so you could. Could make your own energy and not have to go fight foreign wars for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, well, that's, well, that's again, I mean, kind of a side point to your point there, but never a reason why I understand why Republicans are so, like, obsessed with ExxonMobil and oil production. I, I, I know why they are, truly, because it's, like, because the oil industrial complex or, the re, like, the petroleum complex that our military is involved in, but I'm like, we, why aren't you guys so excited to, I mean, we had energy independence at first because we just were sitting on a, just like a massive amount of oil, kind of like Saudi Arabia. And we still do, It's a, a, you know, to a certain extent. Um, well, shale, I mean, we, we were the world's oil. largest produce, producer of oil for a, a little bit in like 2013. Oh, yeah, in 2013. And then, I mean, certainly we were for the first half of the 20th century and all that stuff. So I, I understand this inertia around. But, like, I don't understand why people are so just quick to defend like, like Trump is so quick to defend coal and the oil industry. Well, that, just, that's obviously a demographic issue. I mean, that's I know, a racial... Like, what, why you know, are it's because white like, people are coal miners. Why, why aren't we... Well, why aren't we selling it to people? Why aren't we selling it to... I think, the, I think the better question is why Why are they so quick to criticize Solyndra? Right. My understanding of it, by the way, and I have not studied up on this recently, but is that that was something where it was like the Chinese were heavily yeah, subsidizing... They, they, dumped, they dumped a bunch of panels. Uh, like, uh, like They essentially stole a lot of solar panel technology and dumped a lot of the similar panels at a cheaper price to, on the American market. And so like Solyndra could have probably continued existing if we continued subsidizing it. But like when people in Congress were just looking for an excuse to... Like, oh, look at Obama making yeah, terrible hippie, bets. His, yeah, his hippie his investment hippie decisions. Ideas where it's like... But it's kind of curious then why Solar City isn't getting the same treatment. You know what I mean? Like why? Like why? I think I, b- I own Solar City stock. I did, and then I sold it because I'm a dumb idiot. Well, <laughs> I don't. You might not be that dumb because I don't think it's doing that well. I I, I sold it. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I sold it after I re- I sold it the probably the worst way you can make an investment decision in the 21st century, which is I read an article about how great it was in a physical paper copy of the Atlantic, <laughs> which is like, this information has been so beyond priced yeah, in yeah, by yeah, this yeah. point. And I was like, ooh, I know a thing. And I bought it, and then I don't think it ever rose after that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't understand why people are just so... Like and it's stupid. It, it is it's stupid. stupid but anyway, so yeah, I think to your point, uh, I think maybe it might be... I, um, I think solar and wind are, are op- certainly good options. My understanding right now, and maybe this is the project... Is that nuclear just deliver the kilowatt hours that nuclear delivers over wind and solar 
it makes it look stupid. Like without without an oil, without an yeah. Oil but it's centralized, and there's such a downside. There is a nuclear meltdown, oh, yeah, and also not only so meltdown. So meltdown. So meltdown is. I mean, a meltdown would be horrible, but like a meltdown now, like the con- so the reason why Chernobyl was so bad, as I understand it, was because they didn't have like the proper containers for like for a meltdown, and it was it was a, a huge clusterfuck for a lot of reasons. Um, but like. If you look at the con- like the containers that are inspected and kept in the United States, like nuclear power plants, it's if a meltdown were to, if a meltdown were to happen at Indian Point, barring that like I mean, and it is certainly possible that everything goes wrong, but it would essentially take a Category Five hurricane to hit Indian Point directly. To what to, about Fukushima? I mean, that was something in a modern country that yeah, was that's true. built with a. I assume it was a relatively modern power plant because that's one of the things you hear. By the way, we were supposed to talk about this topic for five minutes, and now we're going <laughs> on twenty-five minutes on this. But the, the main thing you hear is that you know nuclear power plant technology is actually much more advanced now. Yeah. But it wasn't that the case there when it almost melted down and, and lost I, I don't Japan. know enough about Fukushima, but it was. I know it was built. I, building it in a tsunami zone is probably bad. Regardless, so, my, well, my only. <laughs> well, to, to to get to the point, uh, or to get to my point is, and it actually, John when John Oliver covered this on Sunday, of course, about nuclear waste, which is actually the biggest problem. The biggest problem and most unsafe problem is that we have nowhere to put spent nuclear fuel rods. I'm fi- that totally furthers my point. Yeah, yeah I'm fine and with so that. like, so that, that's where I'll concede your point, where it's like if we. And well, the worst. My point about this is, is like this is the worst case of nimbyism ever. Is that if Yucca Mountain were Yucca Mountain is like a a legit facility that we could actually put the nuclear fuel rods, and it would not be of any harm to any person ever, except for maybe in the way that we transport them there. <laughs> um, but if we were able to put them in Yucca Mountain in Nevada, but because Harry Reid and any elected official in Nevada is like they're never the second they say I'm greenlighting Yucca Mountain federal funding. See you later. It doesn't matter what party you are. It doesn't matter what what, what you're anything else. You could be the emperor, god king of. That's kind of like when. Uh, uh, like, yeah, no, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And that's like kind of when they the opposite phenomenon is when they have uh, a completely useless military depot somewhere, and someone's like, "Nope, you're never gonna close that on my watch." Right. That, yeah. There are three restaurants in town that are all sustained by those soldiers. Three restaurants and five hookers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that the uh, another version of that was uh, in Thompson, Illinois. Um, that was a place where um, they w- were originally considering putting the Guantanamo people, which was like really not a solution because it was like, hey, we we don't want these people to be in jail indefinitely. We've already completely blown past any kind of statute for habeas corpus, you know. Right. So why don't we free them? to a supermax prison that we're going to like you know basically find somewhere in the middle of the country and all these top people in thompson illinois were like we don't want them here you know and it was and it was kind of like nobody could look at them and be like you're in the middle of nowhere yeah this is the safest place we could think of (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they would be so excited to be recognized you know i know well i think they they, you know they'd probably be the target of uh of you know there'd be violence directed at them anyway my just a we got to move on but um yeah so so the it's more a thought thought experiment than something i have a a passion about but yeah just the the harder it becomes to control nuclear weapons i wonder if we shouldn't just move and then there's medical nuclear medical use which i don't know anything about so those are the basically like the two um you know, legitimate uses of nuclear power. I wonder if ju- nuclear power itself would just be phased out for other stuff. Well, listen, my nuclear power plan is I'm going to get bit by a radioactive spider and turn <laughs> into the Spider-Man. And, <laughs> and you're, you know, when nuclear power is outlawed, only outlaws get bitten by nuclear spiders. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk about... Um, so last week was the uh, events in Charlottesville, and um, 
we had a we did a whole episode on it last week. Um, I the thing I wanted to say about it at the top was I the more I've thought about it, the more I think. And and Brian, you you mentioned um, that basically there's this idea that maybe economic anxiety did have something to do with this, mm-hmm. right? I heard this expressed. Um, well, Matt Crispin said. Um, basically that like this is uh, a presage of you know coming ecological disasters disasters due to global warming probably and you know the more uh, resources are not seen as being abundant and allocation becomes harder the more otherness is going to pervade yeah. political thought and it's gonna, and this is basically laying the groundwork for demonizing other people consolidating the idea of tribe so that you're okay with with apportioning what's available in the society only to your people. Yeah. I think that that, I mean, it's certainly an interesting theory. I think it's a very grandiose take on what a, a couple of like, j- you know, just Polish shirt wearing chodes yeah. uh, <laughs> were, you know, who felt like, yeah. you know, that is exactly what they were. I, yeah. my, my theory, and I almost wish it was that. Cause I, I think it would be a little bit, it's scary, but it's a lot more, you know, sort of like uh, defining. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that you could have like a leader come and talk to. Um, to me, I think that the better access point to the sort of white nationalist resurgence we're having now, in addition to the fact that various parts of the right just generally kind of ebb and flow in mm-hmm. momentum, like the Tea Party and the evangelicals, right, right. you know. Yeah, but I think this, white nationalists, this is a big, this is a big swell. <laughs> well, they, I don't know, or I, I like think, a small group. I don't know that I don't know that the numbers of it are any more so more bigger than like what the evangelical power in the mid Bush administration was. Yeah, I yeah, think that they true. had a lot of, and there were a lot of them. But anyway, um, I think it, the better access point is. Uh, identity politics and the sort of backfiring of identity politics. Brian, you sent me this article from Current Affairs about Kamala Harris that I thought was um, uh, pretty much spot on about like the perils of this identity politics. Yeah, well, the, I mean, my issue and the issue, especially myself as a um, as what would be labeled, and I, <laughs> I I'm labeled as a Bernie bro and a, as a, a or as a person a left leaning person who continues to, or people that question the legitimacy of somebody like Kamala Harris. I mean, she's she's obviously a smart person and a, a talented politician. Not the legitimacy, just the, the, is she the ideal the, candidate? Well, the I mean, ideal candidate, and also, well, the, the, re, the article is about how the reaction to was, like, people questioning her credentials and her credentials as a candidate because, yes, yeah, she's certainly qualified in a lot of ways. She's a district attorney of a large state, and um, she, she's the a senator. Attorney general. Attorney general, excuse me. And um, senator from one of the biggest states, and... So from the on the paper on the resume she looks good, but people are like, well, actually that like that presents a problem for like it, like people were questioning legitimately. Where the the critical yeah, and the critical distinction is people on the left, people that right. were to her left were questioning. Here's basically a moderate um, Democrat of which uh, of a type that is sort of out of fashion right now. You know, like with. Uh, on the left, they're very convinced right now that that's not the answer. That Hillary was too moderate, which is again, I think we have you know, I I don't I'm not convinced by that. Uh, that that's what the main differentiating thing, the the main the reason she lost was. But the point is, is that the, her questioning her liberal bona fides is often uh, rejected as sort of oh, yeah a bunch of white I, men. I, the Bernie Bros are against her. But I will. But the Bernie Bros are against her not because she's a person of color or a woman or anything like that. And then that's certainly not the case. Why they were with that? And I think they were against Hillary because she was a hawkish um, centrist and essentially what would have been considered a Republican 30 years ago. Um, and Or currently in Europe. Or currently in Europe, or like a conservative. Christian Democrat. Yeah, yeah. A Christian Democrat. She would have been like, the, yeah, she would have been the Angela Merkel of the United States. Um, and I'm not debating that. I'm just saying that, like, look, it's like they're not representing what the problem is, is that, like, 
if this were a person that were coming out and saying like, look, we believe in like single payer health, a single payer healthcare or a universal healthcare system for the United States is feasible. And I think it's achievable in the, in a Western, the Western democracy that is also the, has the biggest economy on the planet. Um, that shouldn't be that unachievable. And but but the instant criticism is like you just hate her because she's a woman, or you hate her because she's a person of color. And it was the same thing that came for Hillary Clinton, where it's like, no, it's not that. Like, and it's like, and also that that is also super demeaning to women and people of color, or the combination of the two, who either supported Bernie Sanders or had critical thoughts about Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris, for that matter. Yeah. And that's the that's the upsetting thing. Like my point on that, that like to finish that thought is that that's what drives me nuts. Is that like I know plenty of people of color and plenty of women who voted for Bernie Sanders and are further left of Hillary Clinton. And we're like, Hey, it's not, they, but like these people, the, the liberal, liberal media class seems to think that they're like, Oh, well we just, we just have to get this token or like a representative and like people. And it's so demeaning to people of those groups. Granted, I know that I am a part of it. Like I am, Again, a white man. You demean people of yeah, those groups yeah, constantly. Yeah. When the mics go I, off, the signs I come out. I do not. Uh, but the, the the point is that the it's so demeaning. If I were part of one of those people in those groups, I'm like, I, I'm not just I'm not just part of this. They, they live in this. This is actually this is my final thought on this. Whereas that the Clintons kind of I think this is an extension of the liberal class that kind of dominated the 90s and early 2000s, the media class that dominated that time, where they could easily go. It's like, oh, it's soccer moms that'll win the election, or Panera Bread dads, or like whatever the hell like kind of demographic marketing like jargon you want to throw at some people when it's really like people are people and yeah certainly you can correlate like people people of a certain age and of a certain like region probably have similar tastes or similar interests or like aligning political interests but that 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 leaves absent the idea that politics is like appealing to us all as Americans and as a democracy and appeal or appealing to a coalition of people that will uh, get you into a place and not just saying that like, well, obviously if just because you're, you're black or you're a woman or because you're a person of color or because you're white, you're white working class, like white working class. I'm doing yeah. air quotes there. Like you'll vote for me this way. Where it's like, Oh yeah. Hillary's like, I got West Virginia. Cause they have like their blue dog Democrats all the way. And it's like, uh, wrong. Yeah. It's ridiculous reductionist to say that. Yeah. And it's um, insulting. It's insulting to people of all those groups. It's <laughs> insulting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's insulting to people who uh, render the opinion. It's insulting to people who are to Kamala Harris, who is be, herself being reduced down to be, what basically half of her identity, which right. is which Democrat, black, like person of color, woman. Like that's all. Oh, that's to, yeah. to liberal media class. It's like there it is. Like yeah, boy, so, boy, and boy, so like, here you go. Right. Like. So to, just to, <laughs> and, and to clarify what we're talking about, it's it's the it's a this is a completely argument that's completely being had on the left. Right. The article that we're referring that that inspired this it was written by I think a woman of color who supported Bernie. Right. I think it was a black woman who supported Bernie. Yes, it was. I think. And I can't and she was we saying say her that, name. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I'm, yeah. We should have pulled this up. But um, uh, the uh, but the, the contention is that hey, I can question Kamala Harris uh, for is she liberal enough? I mean, she let like Steve Mnuchin's bank get away with a horrible robo signing of you Which know way mortgage things for people yeah. of color like and, the, 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 yeah, proportionally, it, disproportionately affected the, the communities like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, yeah. and and it's just a matter of. We we need to. It's basically this article was like, hey, I am allowed to criticize her, even if you know, like I support obviously her right. And also, it needs to be said that there was a huge, huge sexist reason that Hillary Clinton did not win. I mean, there maybe not among the, yeah, the not, all I'm the not, Bernie I'm Bros, not ignoring but, that. But no, 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 I'm not arguing with you. I, I'm yeah. I'm saying in the country there was a huge part of the, the just general distaste that the country had for Hillary Clinton. Not a small part of that was was very sexist in nature, but. Um, 
No, I mean it's it's and my reaction to this this argument on that this that this Bernie supporter and this kind of Kamala Harris questioner uh, whose name you're about to find is making is sort of I of course agree, but it's like duh, like how far have we gotten on identity politics? What is the name? Brianna Joy Gray. Yes. Right? So okay. it, it was it was how identity became a weapon against the left. Yeah. Uh, by Brianna Joy Gray. And if you want a really good example, so yeah, I mean people, smart people, dumb people come of all like shapes and communities, and you and the only way to do it in a diverse melting pot is to assess arguments based on merit. You know, this this does not have to be said. If you really want an example of how identity politics came to bite the left, look at the fact that there are people that are marching with swastikas on their chests that are claiming to be victims of censorship and stuff. And I don't, and obviously I don't want to give them any credence, but right now conservatism is so mimetic of liberalism. Like they they just witness the fact that they had no ideas how to actually enact a healthcare regime. It's entirely just a reaction. The president just saw it as like, well, and even like, like fat pieces of shit, like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity to say, it's like, well, if these si- this side does it, then that side does it. Or the president is like, well, there's bad people on both sides. It's like, no, there's a difference between people that are like, hey, I feel like an underrepresented group within this democracy, and there's like obvious evidence that like we've been discriminated against as a voting block. Like there's there's identity laws and voting laws that are going against us in communities that have a history of those kind of things, versus people that are like, uh, I. I hate Jews and that's just how I feel. And that's just like, that's, you can't censor me for that. And I think, you know, like, look, I just think there's a pure white race and like, <laughs> and, but they've just, they've flipped this identity politics where it's like, well, identity politics and like liberal kind of viewpoint where they're just like, oh yeah, we can use this. We, they've realized the Richard Spencer's of the world. They're like, oh, wait a minute. I can, if I phrase this, if I just like articulate this correctly to the NPR people, they'll still think I'm bad, but I'll still be able to use that as a, yeah, and it's, uh, and it's a uh, trick. It's, it's what Milo did. It's, yeah, it's and the, Milo, it, yeah. Milo was more of the circus performer performer of it whereas i think richard spencer probably was like just looking for a book deal or something yeah, yeah. or whatever he was looking for Which, who by the way they're the starting mouth. to run away from it i mean yeah baked alaska uh was running away from it, it was well because it may- mostly because he maced himself by <laughs> 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 i need milk oh this is hot sauce work <laughs> yeah so i mean it's the the way to if you want to figure out a way to get rid of the nazi movement aside from letting it just fizzle out. And I, I'm not saying, like, ignore them. I think that, like, Antifa does good things. I think that it's important to confront them and state that society does not abet this. But broadly, the way to let it die out is to move past, stop making the, the default on the left identity politics. Stop retreating to that. It, it's the race card. I mean, they used to call it, they have to have a term for it. I actually haven't heard someone say the phrase race card in yeah, a long true. time. It's, it's passe. It's passe because it's been so baked in and now we've, We've gone into well, we, we've delved into under, under levels, and of I it. think that well, the, in the you know the 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 trifecta of of dumbassness you know, that is John Podesta and Robbie Mook and uh, what's her name and Huma Abedin, you know, like that ran the Hillary Clinton campaign and and organized all her speeches, which were just like back to her campaign because they're like, oh, we'll just make it about identity politics because really, what makes people vote is like when teenagers hear you say you're woke or whatever, you know, like, like, like why Hillary don't we, is bae. Hillary is bae or she's chilling in Grand Rapids or whatever. When, <laughs> like, you know, like, Did she say chillax it or chillin'? No, she just said chillin'. Uh, it would have been, it. It been way better. Actually, yeah, like, if it, if better. It's I would have voted for it. I, I was like, wow, you tried too hard, but then parabolically, you now you, re, you re-entered <laughs> the cool zone. Yeah, but like, there's like, well, why don't we just, and because if you see like the, the, like the, I think I can't, uh, I'll find the chart later, but like there's a chart about how in historical 
Um, <laughs> there's charts in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, no, there's a, I think NPR political or some Politico or somebody did this where they, they said they broke down in like Bush versus Gore, how much of the campaign was talked about them as a person, how much was talked about policy and how much was talked about like internet, like foreign policy. And they did that for all, all the campaigns leading up to 2016, Hillary Clinton disproportionately and Donald Trump for that matter too. But like he used it effectively talked about themselves and then didn't talk about Hillary Clinton didn't, didn't offer people anything. And she's just like, I'm a woman and I'm a mom and I'm a grandma and like, you know, like, she's uh, abuelita. Remember that? Like, eight, five things your abuela has in common with Hillary Clinton. Oh, God. <laughs> they sh- she just didn't offer people anything. She, like, I was the whole time, I kind of secretly knew I was like, Trump's going to win because he's at least saying to people, like, uh, like look, you. You people who are forgotten, I got you. I'm gonna get you. I don't care what these people think. I don't care what these people in power think. You're you've gotten a raw deal. I'm here for you. And they're like, well, why not? Like this person's not saying anything other than it's like, well, America is good because America is great already. And it's like say that to somebody. It's a non-argument. Yeah, yeah who's, who's totally, somebody who's yeah. like kid is strung out on on opioids and they they lost their factory job five years ago and it, you like you know, like that's the the. Um, I don't know. And their house is underwater. And, the, you know, like, the, like then... Like, yeah, it's not speaking to people. Or, yeah, or just like Hillary Clinton. Again, what I would like offer to your supposed base of millennials, you offer them student debt forgiveness or something like that. You couldn't do that. Elizabeth Warren did that. And she was like, and she didn't run for president, but she was running on that campaign. Like, and a lot of people our age like her. Like, you know, it's like, she could, like, because she was just like, well, because we live in this paradigm that is kind of an ancient paradigm and it maybe worked for like a, in a time when you could just boil people down into these weird blocks of based on their surface identity and uh and just say oh yeah well it's like we've got we've locked down black people or we've locked down white working class people or we've locked down you know rich suburban people or whatever you know i think demographics probably broadly still describe elect the electorate but it's like what do the demographics want you know right and i think that yeah when you're talking about a kamala harris it's like well the thing that I really don't like, I mean, I would, I would probably be fine with her as a president just because I think that yeah. you know, she has um, just has the right things mostly. And I, I think that the project of running the American empire would, mostly requires who, just a steady hand and like would, the right okay, ideas. So who, who would we not prefer over Donald Trump? You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, like, well, I mean, someone that's, I don't know, um, Todd Stroger. Todd Stroger was a, uh, well, he's dead now, but he got elected to be the, uh, was he like the Cook County? Um, commissioner or something. He was uh, basically dead. Oh. He had a stroke and could, was not moving. And they were like, "He's still alive, folks." He, <laughs> he completely gave us a thumbs up in his hotel like, or in his uh, hospital bed. Just like drool coming out of the. Yeah, there was no thing. there was no footage of him. They couldn't even do the Reagan thing where they after Reagan got shot, they like basically propped him up and had him like sign something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, they couldn't even do that with him. So that's I guess someone who's currently not alive is the only person that would uh, prefer to. Yeah, but they're basically the same kind of power vacuum. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so people just just judge judge things that people say, not the people themselves. And if you agree with it, then you should like them. And if you don't agree with it, you should say so. And that's it. And then and, and stop assuming the worst uh, intent of everyone else. Yes, well, we have a racist society, but that that you can't you can't just fall behind that for everything. Yeah, um, and agree with what they, look at what they say, and if it's been backed up by what they do, and then you know the people that say all the Bernie Sanders things were pie in the sky and all that stuff. I know you're you're part of that. Camp, I did say that, but but like I I don't think that's necessarily true. But like here's the thing about Bernie Sanders, whether it's pie in the sky or not, whether you believe that is that he stood for that his entire career. 
he was certainly a civil rights activist like at the time and was what it, like there's photos they were authentic beliefs yeah, i don't it, doubt it, that exactly. i want well, my question was how far did he get in acting any of them and how far would he have gotten in, in acting ask, ask the people of vermont the people of vermont love me they go i was elected <laughs> by burlington and then i was a senator <laughs> and i stole cable <laughs> stole cable yeah that's like one of the things where that was one of the things where like the right tried to slander him they're like and he had he had a kid with his girlfriend and then like i remember one of my con- conser- conservative friends but like i think it's it's not estranged from his son that he had through that first relationship uh, but like one of my conservative friends is like he's done. He doesn't. I'm like nobody cares. Like people have, like people have had separate families. Also. It's not like if it were a, a son that he, nobody had heard about or whatever. But like Donald Trump has how many <laughs> kids by how many like ex wives and yeah. like they're all part. He's of got the, forty Secret Service protectees, and that's why the Secret Service is now bankrupt. And then the, yeah, they're oh that's a topic for another day. But the last thing I was gonna say about that is that like well at least he was an honest politician. And the thing is that like he was also. People were saying, well, this is also, ra- like, Bernie Sanders is for some reason racist just because he's a white man. Also, he's a he's a Jewish guy from Brooklyn, <laughs> you know? Like, he's not, like, he's not, like, he's not, like, the white shoe lawyer from exactly, the Upper but, East but Side. Exactly, but then to bring the entire, yes, I completely agree. And, and I, yeah, I think Bernie's definitely a good guy. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked his answer to the question of what is his religion, and he basically just expressed a really nice uh, conveyance of, like, humanism and, you know, yeah. like, just treat... Yeah, no, he, he's great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in an environment where identity politics is so virulent that um, just saying the words, like, white... You know, you can never read the words, like, white cis man or white... If you're a yeah. white cis woman, you know it, you're doing it to villainize the other person to vilify the other person. And, and in an environment like that, it's almost predictable that these fucking white pieces of shit that are out there marching, someone's going to have that reaction to it. The way forward is to transcend it. The The left, I think, is generally... I think it's generally smarter than the right. I think that if anyone has the potential to lead um, the, the, the standard of discourse higher, uh, it should be us and people to yeah. the, you know, around us. So uh, do that, and yeah... Um, so let's move on to the last topic, uh, which is that um, good. So what we learned: identity politics bad. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is that much of a segue. Yeah, um, yeah. So in the next topic, Lenny, I'll let you take over this one. So we had a speech last night. It was the first, uh, like, was the first speech that he did it as a president. It was a great speech. It was an unbelievable <laughs> speech. I read all the words. I made up I a few extra. That's what it's like. You can tell. It's just so funny. I can't wait until like in the day or two from now when he's like. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said I something that was kind of nice for two seconds. And I don't think, I think, okay, we're going to have negative troops in Afghanistan. <laughs> we're going to build about it. We shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be there. <laughs> he, Donald Trump gave a speech about uh, laying out his quote unquote um, strategy in Afghanistan. He basically just said he's going to continue doing what Obama was already doing. No timetable. He's putting out fucking like, what, 4,000 more troops, which is nothing, it's like a you know? Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, so it's not no that many. I mean, like, Obama added, I think it was, according to an NPR report earlier, it was like 100,000. Yeah, so yeah, like, totally. So, so that's, you know. They also already did it. I mean, they, they authorized this earlier in the summer, and yeah. it just wasn't that announced. Um, and so I don't know what changed now. It's it's it was, What's funny about that uh, is that it's the basically the first decision that I've seen Trump make, like a presidential decision. And he didn't make a decision. He just no, did the he, same thing. Well, it's the same reason why, like, well, Obama kind of, I mean, not to compare... President Obama certainly, I think, is much smarter and a better person no. than Donald Trump. But Clarify Obama, your thoughts more. Obama kind of just took over the Bush like the plan, and he was like, "All right, well, like more or less, this is like we got it." The, the it's kind of like running a business where it's just like, well, 
the inertia and organizational structure on this has already been like in place. Hey, shh. stop eating cardboard. My dog's eating Sorry. cardboard. Sorry, but like I was the, the, it's like it, well, I think this goes to both of our mutual thesis about how it's like the president should just be kind of like a good game, like good manager and a good game manager, and should just kind of like really just find like kind of administer and also have to make like the tough decisions when there needs to be. Yeah, um, and so like so, but like yeah, Donald Trump t- signed off on this, even though he was uh, the, all the rhetoric leading up to it was like Afghanistan's a disaster. We're getting out. Like uh, forget it. Like we don't need it. We don't need that rock country, <laughs> <laughs> which supposedly would uh, has very nice terrain. I've heard. Really? Yeah. Supposedly the soldiers that were there were saying, you know, this place would make a great. Ski resort. If they could, you know, what, not have some fight of the pictures. The like, Taliban here. I remember, yeah, watching that uh, Restrepo, that documentary. Yeah, the Sebastian and Younger. then when I was in Denver two weeks ago, and I saw, like, I was in the mountains, and I was like, yeah, this looks kind of like Restrepo. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like that. So it's like it is the same kind of thing, but the difference is that it's not populated by ski bums; it's populated by <laughs> <laughs> heroin, yes, heroin, heroin dealers, and and, tr- and, tribal and it's, a, it's an impossible country to settle. And so it kind of, and that's probably why these strategies have always circled back to the same conclusion, which is let's just occupy it, basically. Yeah. So a couple of months ago, uh, as Trump was trying to figure out what to do about Afghanistan after having decried our presence there for so long. Um, Jared Kushner and Steve Bannon, I think probably the lone co-op moment of cooperation they had. The, uh, the, uh, the ultimate alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely both nerded out so hard over that, and then they went to bed, and then they started hitting each other again when they woke up. Yeah. Uh, but they, they commissioned, basically, uh, Eric Prince and this other guy whose name I can't remember. Uh, um, yeah, the guy who runs, like, Dynacorp, which is a huge war Dynacorp sounds like... Dynacorp sounds like if it wasn't the Umbrella Corporation in the Resident Evil games, Dynacorp <laughs> sounds like what that would be. Like yeah, Dynacorp the, sounds the, the like the Umbrella or Corporation's rival company, or it sounds like a Simpsons like yeah, uh, like yeah, fake corporation. In, interslice. Yeah, inter- <laughs> <laughs> no, Interslice is technological. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they contracted with these people to try to find a solution to Afghanistan, <laughs> which is funny. And um, basically, you, what they can came you up solve with this horrible country. <laughs> basically, what they came up with was. Uh, Let's just have recreate the East India Trading Company and uh, or the East India Company and and let's just have a private mercenary army occupy Afghanistan. Yeah. Now Eric Prince, obviously not only brother of Betsy DeVos, but is the founder of what used to be Blackwater, which now defunct. It's like YYZ. The, the uh, was, uh, now, <laughs> isn't it called? It's called something like that, though. Isn't it's, it like, well, there used to be XL. XL. Uh, and then it, before, after that, it became Attilon. I forgot something. It was something else. Is it Raytheon? Is that no? No, no, no. Raytheon's yeah. a huge defense contract. Yeah, they yeah, make planes like, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, no. So the, the you know the, you get they they reached out to these guys, these mercenaries, and said, "Hey, what do you think we should do?" And they said, uh, "Hire an army of mercenaries to." Occupy Afghanistan as a private company, and ha- and he's literally suggested, well, I want, I think we should install a viceroy to be in charge, which is a colonial, you know, governor. We want to go back to the, you know, 19th century Spanish uh, governance. <laughs> yeah, or or the way that England managed India for like 200 years. Yeah, and that turned and, out pretty well for well, everybody they, involved. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they they did end up losing it. They had to bail out the company purely on an, on a business commercial level. They had to bail out the company uh, like twice or something um, but also on a there's no residual racial or economic offense <laughs> in India or Pakistan it was ultimately <laughs> worth it for England because they got at least some good food in their country yeah that's true but uh, I mean the the main thing that this makes me think I mean it, it's it's a it, there's many access points on why this is a horrible idea um, one person was like first of all 
you're going to open yourself. If you hire a mercenary army to occupy a land, you're already opening yourself up to a bidding war to like when Russia comes in and just offers to pay them more. You know, like yeah. that's the that's the most like cynical, least close to like the values of this country should not be to pay mercenaries to colonize somewhere else for just rapacious profit. Um, my main point that I wanted to make that was on my, this... That was my Mars plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have no Mars plan now that we're giving away Elon Musk. Uh, that's true. Uh, but my uh, main point is that chip. I think that the, it's, a, it's an outrageous, um, you know, it, it's an outrageous idea. Um, and it, it, I don't think it was really floated. McMaster hated it. The, none of the generals liked it. They, knew, they know it's not going to work. It's not even that they're jealous of the status quo. It's just that they know it's not going to work. You, it's, it's not integrating the goals of occupation, which is to get out and have it be stable, with the actual incentives of occupation which if you're a company that's like just stealing the oil on the ground is just selling for profit or using it this is a sign perpetuating some kind of war where they're like well i guess we can keep terrorizing these people as long as they're paying us (laughs) yeah and there's always gonna be a new war to fight anyone who's paying yeah and so my my point was this is a sign of uh it it sounds outrageous but it actually it i mean we are that remote from the war in afghanistan you know and so I think my ultimate point is why don't why not just leave? Like I, I understand that the, if I weren't sitting in front of generals, they could make a very convincing case to me that um, this is going to be another terrorist breeding ground. But the alternative is really not that tenable. I mean, it, it's going to be I mean, no, another surge, again. Like, and then you know, like trying that country, to Pakistan, it. that we don't control. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know where we found Osama bin Laden anyway, like two two miles essentially from a, a an ISI base. Like you know, like, like it's like you know, it's like, the, the, that argument. Yeah, I agree with you. We can at least officially contract with that government. I mean, they're nominally an ally. That's true. Yeah. De- Trump in the speech yesterday, Trump tried to deputize them. Afghanistan is essentially ungovernable because of the way because of its natural geography and because of the way it, it and is its like, mix of cultures. It has a century. It's, it's been just, completely yeah. untamable. You know. They're not. They're not all. And there, there's no way we can fix it. There's no. There's, there's no, no way. There's no way we can fix no, it. It's just like, do you want to solve? Like, so, th- can you solve? It'd be like the United States just dropping into the middle of like Belfast and being like Catholic and Irish people love each other. Now. Uh, Catholic and Protestant people like your buddies now. And that would even be easier because plays. they have trains that you can make run on time right. and like give yeah. give economic reasons. Like, I'm going to materially show you how life is going to get better in a place where like. There's very little infrastructure. There's very little social appetite, let alone understanding right. of like how there's like no reason modern for progress like happens. Direct investment by Western yeah. kind of companies. There's no. There's. there's, there's it's not like IBM's going to be like, we're going to open a plant in, in Kabul, like, <laughs> or like wherever. Like, yeah, and and not not to say that that you know IBM or like foreign direct investment is the ultimate goal, but I, I you're completely right. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. The, the, and and part of the problem that I had with the speech yesterday was if, if Trump wants to be a big swinging dick and, and throw said dick on the table, what he could have done was to lay out a definition of, of the winning. Trump, the New York Times article that talked about it, he, it said that he started out the, the Afghan uh, strategy planning by saying, we, we don't know what winning is like. We, you know, how can we define it? That's a good That's a good impulse, question. You know? well, I mean, that, like, I agree. And, and he I mean, moved further away from it. Yeah, and that's... We can't define what a win is, and that's what, like, I mean, but I think that's, like, another case of inertia and another case of just, like, well, we were essentially just doing damage control and stopping this country from what we appear as, like, was a harbor of, of terror. And, and like, well, it's, like, and going all the way back. It probably is going to be again no matter what. Did you yeah. hear that the Taliban is now fighting alongside ISIS? For, yeah. They're, no, they are. They're, they're, they're joint attacks now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's going to... 
explode into another conflagration, well, it's like, but the, it's not good. Yeah, well, and why maybe the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or or just a reason why it's like, well, why? What do I have? What incentive do I have to play ball here? Other than here, other than the, the tribal politics, there are supposedly so shifting. You know, I mean, yeah. it's you. It, it, even people th- that are like the local chieftains and stuff barely. It's just very hard. It's a hard, it's an impossible just, balance to also, strike. It's just one of those cultural barriers that is like almost impossible. Like we can get almost every other country we can probably have like a legitimate conversation with and just be like, hey, like look, you know, whoever like it, we we constructed our civilization in the same way. Whereas like they just live in the like in outside of that, there it's almost like going to you know what it's like? It's kind of like a little bit going to those Amazonian tribes in the middle of the Yeah, the, the uncontacted. The, the uncontacted yeah. and just being like, hey uh we're gonna teach you how to computer program. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good I feel like uh like a content marketing like a three minute long commercial for like Dell. Yeah. Go to the middle of the Amazon and then uh like you know just like we gave these people Microsoft surfaces yeah. and let you know then and then they end up it's some like uh it, like native American with like a, a really cool hipster hairdo who like learned how to like do some fierce graphic design. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, check out, I made dancing baby. It's like, well, you'll catch up to us someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're almost there. Uh, You're like 20 years behind. See, look how fast. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's like, and they just don't have no interest in it. And also it's like, if you talk to, I've talked to uh, soldiers who have deployed to Afghanistan and they're just like, uh, it's kind of ho- like they're like it's kind of hopeless. There's really no convincing like these like it's it's no, there's no convincing these people. They have a lot of weird and like the weird cultural and tribal traditions that are just that are going to be there long after we're gone from this place and have been in place for a long time. They've been in place since the British came here a long time ago. You know, like this is this is not really yeah, uh, yeah so uh, worth worth our while. I I just said yeah I I don't I wouldn't mind if we we just left I I can't see how it's gonna get more chaotic so yeah anyway um all right hey uh, show us your license everybody show us your license <laughs> this has been an show infinity us your L card uh, how you feeling Lenny uh pretty good ready to uh, I'm Brian Pisano by the way I don't know if I introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> so and let's just end hey, the episode no 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 no, no. <laughs> to our friends in Tajikistan oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. N- neighboring Afghanistan. We would like one of you to be a guest. We will contact you via Skype. I will have you on the show. Please. Anybody in Tajikistan, you and I will. I will send you point one Bitcoin. Welcome. Or I'll no. I'll send you. I'll send you point oh five Bitcoin, or how, however much Ethereum I have. So you you can choose those two. And I would like to talk to you. I'd like to hear more about your country. Um, and I would like to shout out to again Boardman, Oregon, Hanoi, Vietnam. And we got a new listener in Indonesia this week. Indonesia. Indonesia. Wow. So shout out to our definitely not a bot in Indonesia. <laughs> uh, and we'll, thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And, and we'll talk to you. Have a good week. Have a good week, everybody. See you on the next license.